Oh, so good to see you guys. I'm going to sit, if you don't mind. I've got a little, uh, what I call old man feet issues. I had surgery. My big toe was not playing nice with my second toe, and so the doctor decided to do something about it. So I'm, I'm well. I'm on the, on the mend. Um, if you're new to Believers in the last few months, um, my name is Roger. I'm uh, one of the elders and um, uh, have been just pastors here, and it's a joy to be with you guys today and get to share. Um, uh, these days, I'm traveling uh, some and, and getting to pour into other communities and work with uh, leaders and uh, other communities that are part of our network of communities here in the U.S. and, and around the globe, and uh, so you guys um, are my home community, and I, I, I'm sent out from you and covered by you, and thank you so much for all your love and prayers and support. It just means the world to Donna and I, and, uh, but this is, this is home, and I got all my, all my kids live now with me. My oldest son, Joel, and his wife, Allie, and my two grandsons. You see me around with them, maybe. And man, life is sweet. Life is sweet. So I have uh, pancakes with Papa every Saturday morning. Uh, you can find me at Big Biscuit Restaurant with my two littles. And we are having fun, playing lots of tic-tac-toe. So um, if you weren't here last week, um, Andrea Hogue shared about the sobering need of orphans in our own state and family through the foster care system, DHS, and the power that we as the church have to make a difference. And uh, she did a beautiful job uh, of sharing about the partnership between the local church and Project 111 and the Care Portal. And so uh, thank you for those of you who responded. Uh, but if you didn't, if you weren't here for that, please check that out because it was really, really, really good. On the heels of that, as we were talking about orphans and adoption and foster families, and you know, we are entering into that time of year. Next year, next week begins a new church calendar. If you didn't know it, we the church has a calendar that celebrates the life and uh, death and resurrection and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so we're beginning Advent season, which is a time of preparation, once again, for us to, to just not... It, it's, it, yes, it's a time of great activity and, and lots of fun and awesome parties and all kinds of cool stuff, but it's also a time for us to prepare our hearts once again because for the coming of the Lord. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, but how many of you know He still comes, right? And He still comes in our hearts and our lives and our families and we need Him to come, right? If we've ever needed Jesus to come, uh, now is the time, right? And uh, we need Him to come in all of His fullness and power and glory and majesty and the miraculous, the, 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 just all the ways that Jesus comes. So it's a great time for us to prepare. But with the holiday season, it also means lots of times with family and friends, our bio families, and, you know, with family comes issues. 
the only way I know how to say it, right? Just issues. As we all know, some family trees bear an enormous amount of nuts in their tree. Some more than others, right? And we also know some families are just very temperamental, right? They're half temper and half mental. I mean, that's just... You you might be part of one of those families if your family motto is, well, that escalated quickly. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So holidays can be one of those times where, well, that escalated quickly. Giles motto and his family, it ain't Christmas if mom doesn't cry, right? And I love that. So we, we just, we know, we know, we're entering in. We're all like, here we go again, another season. But the reality is that it can also be a time that's filled with lots of stress, anxiety, uh, maybe some depression, some loneliness, um, Maybe it's a reminder of the pain of unresolved tensions or past trauma or unmet expectations, whatever. And it can actually trigger our own sense of belonging. Are you guys okay behind? I'm, I feel a little short. I'm normally standing. So you guys good? You see me? All right. I feel weird behind this table. I feel like I'm reporting or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, I should have someone, Jesus is right here beside me. But how many of you know the holidays can kind of trigger things in us, right? Can trigger a lot of things. It can trigger a sense of belonging, especially, you know, do do I belong? Uh, Do I want to belong, right? Or or where do I belong? And so I want to talk a little bit today about the, a theology of belonging that maybe can help us get through the holidays with a little less crazy and a little more love and grace, not to mention, you know, we are, uh, you know, we've been through a, a, a wild year um, and a wild couple of years, you know. So COVID, political unrest, have all created their share of division and isolation and enough tension to actually split families and divide communities and make holidays even hard to gather around, right? And so um, we all need to, to know. And so I, I want to begin, you know, the quest for belonging is just part of the human journey. It's, it's, it's universal to all of us. But it's also part of God's story that we find ourselves in, right? And so we begin with this very simple truth is that we were made to belong. We belong because God created us. Psalm 24.1. Yahweh claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belong to him. Whether they realize it, acknowledge it or not. Scripture tells us that before the foundation of the earth, you were meant to belong. You were actually chosen. In the beautiful hymn in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. And in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Aren't you glad? If you were chosen by God, which... Paul says here you were from before the foundation of the earth. Before you were ever born or created, you were chosen. You were meant to belong. You were born to belong. If you have been redeemed, that means he found you when you were lost. He chose you and he went after you to make sure you were his so that you could be adopted into spiritual family as sons and daughters. Nothing says belonging more than I want you, I love you, I choose you, and I'm adopting you as my son and daughter. And so the the language of Scripture, the language of the God story is about God and a people and and the, the, the journey that we're all on to understand what it means to belong. But we still struggle, no matter... You know, how old we get, I find that we still struggle sometimes believing this and experiencing this, right? We, the, the truth is we all long to belong. How many, you know, we, we all want to belong. And, and yet we are so easily disconnected and lost and, and can have no sense of belonging. Part, part of belonging is the desire that we all have to discover this place that we actually call home, that we have a place to go to, to be a part of. Home is supposed to represent the epicenter of belonging, right? We're born into a place called home, and regardless of how good or how bad of a home you had, we all go through this similar process. We all leave home at some point in our life in order to what? To find home. Right? (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? We leave home to find home. So like the prodigal son, we leave home in search for belonging. The prodigal son left. He was searching for something. He wanted something. He was looking for his place. He was looking for home. And so this is the universal journey that we all find ourselves on. And in Ephesians 2.12, Paul goes on to say that when we were separated from God by the barrier of brokenness and the brokenness of others, that we were without hope and without God in the world, which is a pretty hard place to be, a pretty despairing place. It's just hard sometimes to feel like we, can, that, like we belong in this world. And the more I follow Jesus and the longer I serve him, man, I just am realizing, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't belong here you know, anymore. Because the truth is our culture has lots of unhealthy ways of trying to belong, don't they? Right? And so we, you know, we try to fit into belonging. Uh, actually, the world confuses belonging with fitting in, doesn't it? So we, we try to fit in. What are some of the ways that we try to fit in? What are some ways you try to fit in? Huh? I got them on the board. That's right. Try to fit in with fashion and, you know, sometimes with friends, finance, fame, 
you know, the Facebook, as it's lovingly called, right? If we can just have enough likes, you know, uh, fooling around, we like, you know, we, we feel like we'll help us, you know, having sex or whatever, all the things we do to try to fit in, you know. Um, my, my own journey of fitting in goes back a long ways. I'm 60. I'm 10 years ahead of Guile. But goes back to my high school days. Want to see this? There I am in my high school days. And my way to fit in was to be funny. If I could make you laugh, I felt like I was in, right? So in my junior year, I was voted wittiest boy, okay? So... Just look out, everybody. <laughs> Me and Teresa Anderson. That's Teresa Anderson. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I also tried a little bit of fashion to fit in, as you can see, in my <laughs> leisure suit. Um, my my uh, hairstyle was, you know, quite good. And <laughs> there I am. I'm fitting in. I may or may not have had a gold serpentine chain necklace around my neck at that time. And um, there you go. What I love about Jesus is that he, he was always accused of hanging out with those who didn't fit in. Right? And um, while, while that may be um, the lighter side of, of belonging, there is a darker, more painful side to this, isn't there? My friend uh, Aaron White, who's part of 24-7 Prayer Canada, he, he's uh, been part of the Salvation Army. He was for many years, and he lives in a missional community in downtown Eastside, Vancouver. And if you've ever been to downtown Eastside, it's home to more drug addicts, sex workers, and homeless people than any place I've ever been to, except maybe Skid Row. And I haven't been to Skid Row, but Victor has, and we talked about this. But Aaron makes his case. He, he wrote a book called Recovery. Aaron lives among the homeless, the drug addicts, the poor, has for 20 years. And he says the main reason that people are addicted is because they are dislocated and displaced from family and community. In other words, they have no place to belong or no one to belong to. And he makes this profound statement and he says, the opposite of addiction is not just sobriety, but it's connection. This is the deepest need that we have. Author uh, uh, Frederick Buechner says, you can survive on your own. You can grow strong on your own. But you cannot become human on your own. Which is another way of saying that. Right? And so, this morning, friends, you know, we know that our only hope is in Christ. Right? That in Christ, we belong. That's the good news of the gospel. 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we were once separated from God, from our true selves. We were separated from one another because of our brokenness and the brokenness of others. But Paul writes in Ephesians 2.13, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How? He goes on to say that we were reconciled to God through Christ and that now nothing can separate us from the love of God. So what do we have? What have we seen this morning in the scriptures? That all the work, all the activity of God, done by God in Christ, we were created, we were chosen, we were redeemed, we were adopted, we were reconciled, so that we would never doubt once and for all that we belong. And Paul says it this way in Romans 1.16, you are among the chosen ones. And we are called to belong to Jesus. The anointed one. You, my friend, are called to belong. You were chosen to belong. You were called to belong. So God does all the heavy lifting through Christ to remove every barrier that would hinder us from belonging. And when God does that, something powerful can begin to happen in our lives, something transformative. And Paul describes it this way in the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And he says, now we see things. Is that it? Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God, this is it, now knows me completely. I am completely known because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the work of God through Christ. I am now completely known, friends. There are many things I don't know about life, still at 60. There are many things I don't know about myself. I wonder, I doubt. There are many things that, and wonderful and marvelous mysteries I have yet to discover about God but one thing that I can be sure of is that I am completely known by God. Even the parts of myself that I don't know, He knows. The hidden parts. The parts that I can't see. And to be fully known, friends, and fully loved, and fully accepted is the experience of true belonging. Right? So the deepest question of our life is not, as you go into this season or with your family, it's not what your father thinks of you. It's not what your mother thought of you or what my husband or wife thinks of me or what my kids think of me or what my pastor or my boss thinks of me. The deepest issue isn't what I think of me, but can I join with God in knowing me? who he knows me to be? Can I join in with God, who, who God sees me to be? This 
is the, the beginning of salvation. With, with it comes great freedom to, to be seen as God sees me, to be known as God knows me. And, and this is the journey, this is the quest to begin. I love this quote by uh, Maya Angelou, who says this about belonging. I'm going to paraphrase it. She says, you're only truly free until you belong everywhere and nowhere, which is everywhere. The price is high, but the reward is great. And I especially like this because I think this describes well our journey. When we look at Jesus, I like Jesus because he seemed to be at home everywhere and nowhere, didn't he? Right? I mean, this is why he would hang out with both sinners and saints. Because he was at home everywhere. It's why I can be home, at home with Jesus because I am both sinner and saint. Right? On the one hand, if I am at home everywhere, and when I am in Christ, I have discovered as... Um, a son or a daughter in Christ, that it's a lot easier to just be at home everywhere. I belong everywhere. I, by the grace of God, the whole earth is His. You know, I've, by the grace of God, been able to, to travel to about 60 different nations and minister over the last 40 years around the world. I've fellowshiped and felt at home with the family of God all around the world. I've met brothers and sisters of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And I've also hung out with, with, with folks who are um, far from Christ and far from God. I mean, I've, I, I was thinking about it. I've been in brothels in Boys Town and, and cathedrals and palaces in Austria. I mean, but no matter where I am, that doesn't define me. And there's nothing more powerful than the person of Jesus Christ to bring us together, to keep us together, and to make us one. Now, I may not always agree doctrinally with every brother or sister that I meet. But as Hans uh, Balthazar says, where the unity of faith isn't possible, the unity of love can be. And so I belong everywhere. I can find myself at home with Baptists and Catholics and Pentecostals and, and Orthodox, you name it, because I belong. I'm a part of the family of God. I belong to Him. You belong to Him. We may be distant family, and I may, you know, I may never, you know, be a part of that tribe, but man, we're, we're family. Mother Teresa once said, if we have no peace, it's because we actually have forgotten that we belong to one another. And at the very same time, I also find that no matter how connected, how secure I am, how awesome and wonderful it is that no matter where I go, I can belong everywhere. At the same time, there's this interesting dynamic because I also happen to feel like I belong nowhere. I don't, I don't really belong here. I don't fit here. I don't fit there. Where do I fit? Because there will always be a little ache in our soul, I think, until we stand face to face in the presence of God that we actually know, well, this isn't quite, 
Is it something? Yes. But is it everything? No. Because in one sense, I am a stranger and an alien in this world. You ever feel like that? And as I get older, I think I'm becoming more, I'm becoming stranger. That's just the reality of it. But here's what we have to recognize, friends, in, in, in as we wrestle with this and wonder about it and think about it today, that the reality is there's a lot of warfare around this. There's a lot of spiritual warfare around this. I mean, I think this may be one of the central issues and objectives and targets of the enemy of our souls, friends. And part of that warfare centers on us. And it's not only our, because this isn't just about belonging, it's about our belovedness. I will never feel like I belong anywhere if I cannot rest in my own belovedness. One of my mentors and and, uh, favorite authors is Henry Nouwen. He was a Catholic theologian and and, um, a dear brother who um, is now with Jesus, but he says this, self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. And being the beloved expresses the core truth of our existence. The reason you can belong and the reason you do belong is because you are just that, you're beloved. You are the beloved. Amen? Amen? Nothing says I don't belong like an alien in a prison jumpsuit in a fetal position, right? And we know, friends, that Satan himself is the accuser of who? The brethren. So be aware, be awake to the schemes of the enemy. One of the the best practices that I have found, the best spiritual practices to help us experience, uh, help me experience my own belovedness and my own sense of belonging is prayer. Prayer is the place where we settle these issues of identity. It's where I get alone with God in solitude and in silence and I quiet, I get, allow all the other voices to get quiet before God. And I look to God And God looks at me, and I look at myself, and I look to God, and all of a sudden, in that space and place, I experience what it means to be fully known. There's nothing He does not know about me. Nothing that I I can hide or need to hide. And this is where we hear the voice of the beloved and we declare that beautiful statement in Song of Solomon. I am my beloved's and he is mine. Henry now and again says that the real work of prayer is to become silent and listen to the voice that says good things about me. We're listening for the love and the affirmation of the Father because after all, this is not navel-gazing, friends, but if you cannot hear the voice of the Father, 
say this is my, as he did to his own beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. If you cannot hear that voice, then you're going to spend the rest of your life performing and producing to get others to tell you who you are. I have a particular short prayer called a breath prayer. If you don't have a breath prayer, one that you can just fire off (laughs) without having to think about what am I going to pray, what am I supposed to pray, I encourage you to get one. They're just a simple way of of calling out to God and, and then just expressing a need in your heart. And it helps to say it over and over and over again. The classic breath prayer in the Christian tradition is, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Or have mercy on me, a sinner. That prayer works. That's a great prayer. But the prayer that I have been praying for the last few years is, you know, loving Father, beloved Son, breath of love, take all of me, I'm yours. And it's just a simple prayer of surrender to God. And I find when I surrender to God, I stop striving to be something, to be somebody, to prove something, to prove, to perform. And I, I just am. And in that place with God, I can know that I am beloved and know that I belong. Amen? It's through prayer and it's through the word that we learn to recognize the voice of God speaking to our souls. We learn to recognize the quality of his voice. Did you know that the voice of God has a certain quality to it? It's not shaming. It's not condemning. It doesn't sound like your abusive dad or your abusive spouse. It has a certain quality to it. It also has a certain authority to it. It it can still and calm and heal and love and transform and resurrect things in us. And trust. So that when I hear that voice, I can trust it and I can obey it. And that is the best safeguard against the lie of of self-rejection. Jesus said, The sheep recognize the true voice of the shepherd, for he calls his own by name, and he leads them out, for they belong to him. This issue of discernment is really important. To discern what is... What, what is this voice that I'm hearing? Part of the warfare centers around us and part of it centers around God and His character and His nature. Because if the enemy can't accuse you, he's going to certainly accuse God, isn't he? Is God really good? When, when bad things have happened to you that maybe make you feel like an outsider or a loser or that God's mad or just picking on you, I love what uh, Dallas Willard says. He says, it is confidence, confidence, friends, in the invariably overriding intention of God for our good 
with respect to all the evil and suffering that may befall us on life's journey that secures us in peace and joy. And what's he saying? He's saying, no matter what happens in this life, I can be confident that God's intention for me is good. His intention for you is good. He loves you. He made you. He created you to belong. You were born to belong. And in Christ, we can now be finally belong. This is why John the Apostle tells us in, in chapter 4 to, to test the spirits. He's talking about the discerning of spirits. Is this voice... Because he says there are antichrist spirits who lie about who Jesus Christ is and about what he's done for us. And and they lie about who we are and who we're becoming. And so John writes to us in, in the church and he says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. He's talking about these antichrist spirits for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who lives in the world and this is why friends that jesus came that he might bring you true reality that we sang about this morning the true reality that you belong the truth of who God really is and the truth of who you are so that you would be set free. Free what? Free to belong. Everywhere and nowhere. And free to be an ambassador of his great message of belonging. In just a moment, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And uh, I'm going to invite Sam back up, and we're going to sing. um, But I want to say this to you, um, because the mystery of the cross, one of the great gifts and practices that we have is coming to the communion table. Because it was at this table where Jesus proclaimed and declared a new covenant with us. Not based on anything that we have done, but everything that he has done so that we might belong forever. That we would never doubt whose we are, and who we are. And the mystery of the cross is perhaps one of the greatest mysteries is that somehow in that work we can be liberated from this deep addiction to the illusion of our own isolated self that somehow has to make it on its own. And I'm here to tell you, friends, today, you don't. You don't have to make it on your own. You don't have to. 
to realize that I am in the presence of the love of God that heals me and transforms me and makes us ambassadors to a world that does not know it belongs as well and is desperately trying to fit in anywhere and somewhere. <laughs> so today, my, my prayer is that, that you would be, that you'd have a prodigal son moment, that you would have, the, the scripture talks about the prodigal son who went out and he was, he he just, um, he spent all his father's fortune. You know, he went out and just was on a bender and binge and, and found himself working in a pig pen, which if you're Jewish, that's about as low as it gets. And it says he had this aha moment. He had this awakening and you know what that moment was for him? It was where he realized, I, I don't belong here. I don't belong in this addiction. I don't belong in this shame. I don't belong in, in this place. This is not where I belong. And, and so he came to himself and he realized, if I can just get back home, if I can get back to the Father, to my Father, Maybe he'll let me just be a servant in his house. He, he still didn't completely understand and know the true nature of the father's prodigal love for him because that's what prodigal means. The prodigal means extravagant. He extravagantly wasted his life and the father extravagantly loved him back into family, which is what the father does. And so I pray this holiday season, friends, that you would find yourself at home anywhere and everywhere and maybe even nowhere. Simply because you know whose you are. You know the power of belonging, the freedom of your belovedness in the unconditional love of God. Amen? So what I'd like us to do um, Sam, if you want to just play for a minute. And I want us just to sit in some stillness and some silence. Partially because you're going to need a little bit of time to figure out how to open this. Is that you playing? Oh. And um, I want you to take a moment and just just pause for a moment. And as you prepare to, you know, maybe, I mean, we've already had two events and the events just start coming. And, you know, we put on our ugly sweater or our pretty sweater or whatever you like and we hang out. And it's a great time to, to be with family and friends. And sometimes it's wonderful and glorious. Sometimes it's dreadful. But it doesn't matter. Because I've discovered the secret of belonging is that I can be everywhere and nowhere and, and just be. Because God is with me and God is looking at me and I'm looking at God and then I can look at everyone else with a whole different perspective. I can love everyone else from a whole different place.
And when you know you belong and you know how to belong, then you know if you're in a place right now where you shouldn't be. Maybe, maybe you have been in a prodigal son place where you've just been running from God because you don't believe he's that good. And you don't believe you're that good. Or you believe you're t- too bad and God can't be that good. Whatever it is, this is a moment for us just to sit in some silence and some stillness and hear the voice of the Father calling to us as His beloved. I pray you just would have a moment here. And if you've never accepted the invitation of Jesus to follow Him, this is a great moment to make that choice. If you know that there's more of your life you need to let go of and surrender today, this is a great moment to do that. So let's just sit for a minute, a moment in this. on the night that Jesus himself was betrayed he took this cup and he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said take and eat this is my body broken for you shed for you and this cup is a cup of a new covenant a new way of relating of living My shed blood has the power to free you from all guilt, from all shame, from every addictive compulsion so that you can have peace. So when you're ready, feel free to take your communion elements. And I'm going to ask Sam if he'll just... uh, sing over us or you can sing with him one more time let's just sing this reality and affirmation of our belonging in Christ
Let's stand together, friends. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey, I want to ask uh, if maybe our prayer teams can come back up and, and uh, maybe a, an elder or two just up. If you're here today and sometimes these kind of words can bring up a lot of um, either questions or pain or just even... You just need some love. <laughs> We'd love to give you some love today and pray over you and speak over you and wash over you. If that's you, just feel free to come and receive. One of the ways that we actually can um, also practice belonging is actually belonging to a Christ-centered, caring community like this one. It's a spiritual practice, you know, so that we can receive the grace of God in our lives that bears witness to the reality of who we are, that we belong. We belong to God, but we also belong to one another. And I pray this holiday season that um, as you enter in, man, you'll just go with all of the grace and peace of, of that belonging in your own soul, your own heart, that you know you're fully known, you're fully loved. We love you, and uh, yeah, just enjoy what God has for you this season. Listen to His voice in the midst of all the other voices that will be screaming and shouting around your dinner table, and 
at the game table or wherever you may find yourself and in that quiet place know you are loved and you belong. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great, great holiday. Happy Thanksgiving.